right, welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. I have another phenomenal guest for you today, Mr. Taj Deshine. He is an author, he is a podcast host, he is a motivational speaker. Uh, he's also an athlete transition coach, and also his newest title is husband. So, you know, congratulations <laughs> on, you know, being a newlywed and living in wedding bliss. Thank you, Dr. Burgess. I appreciate that, man. Good to be here with you. Got the ring on Absolutely. and everything, man. It's official. I hear you. <laughs> you passed the test. You passed yes, the sir. test. Yes, sir. going to be looking for it on that video. So, but yeah, man. So congratulations. So how long has it been now since you got married? Man, it's been uh, about five weeks. Yeah. All right. Cool. It's crazy. Cool. It flew by. Yeah. 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 So last time we were talking, trying to schedule this, it was before your wedding. So I know it hadn't been too long. That's right. Yeah, it's fresh, man. It's yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, congratulations and continue to make the life that you want out of it. So, yes, sir. I received that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, let's talk about, you know, we know that I mentioned that you're a coach now for athletes transitioning from their sport, but let's talk about your sporting career and your football career and how that led you to college and different things of that nature. Yeah, man. So, uh, I always tell people, I didn't go to the school I wanted to, but it ended up being a perfect school for me. Uh, went to Stony Brook out on the East Coast and I wanted to go D1, but I was like, man, Stony Brook, I'm from California. No one had even heard of that. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I went into my college career kind of like, oh, I fell short. Um, and then as I started to mature, I started coming from a place of gratitude. And to make a long story short, which kind of leads into the work I'm doing now, um, I didn't have the greatest career there. and I felt like I failed when I didn't make it to the NFL because I just knew like a lot of athletes, you just, we just know we're going to make it pro. Right. right. Um, and when I didn't make it, that transition was extremely challenging for me because, you know, I, my whole identity was wrapped up in being Taj, the football player. And it was kind of compounded and it made it worse because not only did I not make it, but I didn't even know what I was going to do. I had no idea what my other interests were. Um, I was just like lost when with no light at the end of the tunnel because I didn't know where to begin, you know, so. Stony Brook, that's a small mm -hmm. private school, right? It is. It's a part of the SUNY system, you know, State University yeah. in New York. Yeah. Um, they're in the yeah. C We were in the Big South when I was there. They're in the CAA now. So, you know, they play against like Albany, Villanova, uh, schools like that. So one trade off, I would say you were at a small school, but you were at a private school. So I'd imagine maybe the trade-off from being a big name football player is that you probably had more alumni connection and being able to network. Is that true? Man, I wish I could say I had the foresight and the intelligence to be able yeah. to do that and network, but I was so focused on ball, which is a critical mistake that many athletes make, as you know, that I wasn't even thinking about life after the game. I think I kind of had this uh, naive mentality that everything would just work itself out the way it always had. So I wasn't networking because I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I got a typical basket weaving major, you know, uh, <laughs> unlike yourself, you know, you got, you became a doctor and everything. Like for me, yeah. I was just happy to be there, happy to be on scholarship. There was no networking taking place at all, doctor, to be honest with you. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's say, so you did your four years undergrad and then what next? Like, or were you just trying to search for yourself and tell us about those next couple of years? Uh, search for myself is a great way to put it. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because, so I couldn't wait. To, I'm from California. I couldn't wait to go back home. New York was cold. 
Don't get me yeah. wrong. I love some of the people out there. It wasn't but, New York City either, right? Man, no, it was Long Island. So, yeah. but I did spend a lot of time in New York because uh, yeah. there's a train station on campus at Stony Brook that took you to the, so I blew a lot of my stipend check in the city, unfortunately, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, man. So I was on the first flight back to California and trying to find myself kind of look like uh, being back home in my childhood bedroom, um, being depressed, watching a lot of Netflix, uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, a lot of partying. And what I realized in hindsight, what I was doing was trying to numb myself because I felt mm. so low and so lost and almost so hopeless as a young man at that point. You know, I wasn't doing anything productive for quite some time. I was really just kind of feeling sorry for myself, not knowing how to articulate what I was going through. And, you know, I would occasionally apply for jobs, but it was like, I didn't even know what I was looking for. So I was just kind of randomly scrolling on Indeed you know, so very dark times. And I know a lot of athletes go through that exact same thing, especially if there's no one in their corner to help them out during that time. Yeah. So thank you for being transparent, number one, with those struggling times and, you know, mentioning, hey, I didn't even know what to look for. And you were trying to numb yourself through other things, you know, and what was it that you felt that kindly what was a light bulb to go off and say, all right, I got to change this. I felt like my life was standing still. And I realized that, that that was weird for me. Like, I've always been moving forward. So I was like, well, I don't, even though I don't know where I'm, where I'm going, I can at least make an attempt to cut out the things that are holding me back, the drinking, the partying, um, you know, sleeping until 11, noon, you know, watching TV all the time. Um, and then isolating myself too. I was very isolated. You know, I have a great family, uh, come from a great background. And I wasn't, I knew I was, in a bad place because I was isolating myself from my parents and my, my younger brother who was living at home at the time too. So the first thing I did was cut out the BS, you know, all the drinking, started working out again, started getting up early, started journaling, started listening to podcasts, started reading again. I fell in love with reading. I had lost that path. You know, you know how it is being a jock. You just read whatever you, whatever you can to get by, but really being productive about my self-improvement. And also, like I said, opening up and having dialogue with my family about what I was going through because they knew something was up. It was just a matter right. of me, even though they didn't understand it because they're not athletes, just being like, hey, this is what I'm experiencing right now. And getting it off my yeah. chest went a long way too, you know? Like they say, mama knows, right? So Man, mama knows. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're trying to hide it. And did you feel like you were a disappointment to them? Is that why you were hiding or just a disappointment more so to yourself? That's a great question. Um, I'd say a mixture of both honestly, because it, it's kind of intertwined, right? I always had the vision of like, I was the first person, you know, from that family lineage to go to college, to get like, you know, especially to get a scholarship to go to college. So I checked that box and I'm like, the next step when I really make it is, you know, everybody has a dream of like, I'm gonna buy mama a house, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, you know, have all this money to be able to like really make a difference for my family and buy them things and all that type of stuff. So I felt like a failure because I wasn't able to do those things for them. And then I felt like a burden to a degree. It's like, not only am I not able to do those things, but now I'm back home. I'm not bringing any income into the household. I'm just like back at square one and almost worse than square one before I left from college. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, thanks for sharing that. So you mentioned, all right, I started to cut off some of the bad things, sleeping late, drinking, partying, staying up all night. And did you see immediate results? Or was it like, okay, I've changed these things. Now what? I know a lot of the athletes who listen to the show will be able to understand it was it wasn't immediate, just like anything else in life. It was a gradual buildup, like even stuff like working out again, like I had to get back in shape. It was hard for me to run a couple blocks without getting winded, you know. Um, 
So things started to progress, but the more I learned and just about myself and about the world and about what it means to truly be getting like better every single day, you know, it took some time, but I started to fall in love with almost like I started looking at myself as like a character in a video game, right? Like being my own creative player. So that shift for me was like, okay, well, that is the game. It's not about, oh, I have to get here. It's about like, I just wake up and play the game of getting better in some way, shape or form every single day. I like that. So now that you're a coach, do you use yourself as an example? Did you write kind of your playbook, your coaching strategy based off your own lifestyle or what was your approach to that? Yeah, that's another great question. So my approach to my curriculum, because and you know this, especially when it comes to coaching, a lot of it is done in the moment and on your feet. Like you got to be right. in real time coaching. It's not just like, oh, I came up with this cookie cutter playbook and I'm going to try it on everybody. But as a coach, I did want to have some type of framework that I use to help these athletes transition. And when I was coming up with that curriculum, I did a couple of things. The first one was I looked at what my experience was and basically wrote it and mapped everything out from the perspective of this is what I needed someone doing for me and walking me through, through that period. You know, all the things I learned up to that point. And I looked at what did I need someone to tell me? What, what questions that I need them to ask me? The other thing I did was like I said, you know, I just got the bachelor's degree. I didn't, I didn't go for any further education, but I have a lot of people who, you know, I'm connected with who are clinical psychologists and people who work with athletes. And I knew some of that stuff was going to come up. So whenever I run into a situation where it does get, I feel like I might need to tag someone in who's a professional mental health expert, I will do that. But mm -hmm. it's even better if I have the expertise going into it so I can handle a lot of it on my own, you know, leading up to that point. So that's how I went about preparing the curriculum and in my approach. And speak to us about mentorship, because you mentioned several times, you know, with us talking mentor, 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 or, you know, what role did, did you reach out for mentors? Did you know people in your family? How did you identify a mentor once you decided, Hey, I want to go down this track. So when it comes to working in the athlete transition space specifically at the time, and this was early on, this was like 2017 going into 2018. When I started doing this work, there weren't a lot of people I mean, there's not a lot of people today doing it, but even back mm -hmm. then, really the only two people I found were Derek Furlow, who we both know, who was at the conference, mm -hmm. um, and then Jonathan Orr, who's the founder of ATS. And I do a lot of work with his organization as well now. I found both of them just searching for like athlete transition and trying to see what came up. And those two individuals really stood out to me. So I reached out to them on LinkedIn. They really felt my heart and my passion for doing this type of work. And they actually, I was blessed that they were willing to have a conversation with me and kind of help me um, lock in what I wanted to do and do it my own way, a way that was true to me, um, because we all have the same underlying mission. So, you know, that's something I preach today, like go find people who are doing what you already want to be doing Absolutely. and connect with those people, get on the radar, ask them for advice, you know, and add value to them if you can too. Sure, sure. So, right. Not only what they can do for you, but how can you help advance their project or whatever they have going on. So I think, and you can always add value. You might not think so, but sometimes you can bring that one piece that they need, you know, to advance their project or their platform. So always think about what can I do for this person more? So what can they do for me? That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have been successful as something that I still see as a mountain in front of me and that's becoming an author. So you published how many books now? So there's two out and there'll be one or two more before the end of the, so basically by 
first quarter next year, I'll be a four-time author. Nice, nice. So one of them is Thrive After Sports, right? But you got yes, the, the nice glowing light behind you. you know, so <laughs> Thrive After Sports. And then yes, sir. the other book is a combo book. So tell us about Athletes Entrepreneur. Yeah, so Thrive After Sports, like you, this is the first book. That's yeah. me on the back with the bald head shining right there. That's <laughs> you guys watching on video. Um, well, give us a, a quick synopsis of what that book is about. Everything I do, like I said, the coaching, the podcast, Thrive After Sports, the book. This is not, I always tell people, this is not my life story. I know I'm on the cover, but, you know, the subtitle is uh, Thrive After Sports, Helping Athletes Dominate the Game of Life. So when I wrote this book, I wanted it to be used as a tool, right? Nobody cares. No one wants to pick this book up and be like, my name is Taj. I was born in Pasadena in 1991. Like, nobody cares about any of that. This is like a book that you can pick up. And by the time you put it down, you have moved through the transition and have a clear direction for where you want to go and be executing it. So it's like my book, my, my coaching program in book format my podcast in book format that's how i look at that um this book athletes entrepreneur this is a collaboration book this is myself and 20 other former athletes turned entrepreneurs my goal with this was like there's so many people and everybody keep an eye out for dr burgess being in a future volume of this because <laughs> like there's so many dope, dope people out there in the world like you and I who are former athletes, who are entrepreneurs, who are doing great things, who are giving back. And I wanted to create a project. I was on my DJ Khaled, you know, like how can I bring a bunch of people together who uh, are doing great things and we all create one product? And it's great because whoever picks up the book, they get a bunch of different stories, a bunch of different people doing cool things. Um, and it also helps spread the word about what we're doing because someone might buy the book from myself or one of these other 20 authors and anytime someone does that they get exposure to all these other cool people so no matter who you buy the book from you're getting 20 other people who are doing great things you know and i think that's so awesome because you know many times in medicine they'll have a review book right and the review mm. book will have multiple contributors talking about you know knee shoulder meniscus acl whatever everybody comes with their specialty but to do that for sports and the transition for sports, I think it's so awesome. It's such a great idea, you know, and to have that many people on one cover. I mean, I'm going to buy the book just because I see that many faces on the back <laughs> of the book, right? You know, that gives it credibility right away. So I think that's an awesome idea. And yeah, I definitely look forward to volume two and, you know, being able to contribute any way that I can. So that's an awesome idea. Yes, sir. Would definitely love to have you. Um, and that's a great point you bring up with the review books. I never, I never thought about it like that before. I got to give credit to my mentor. He's the owner of Self Publishing Thirty Days. He had the idea. He he's been doing collaboration books for years. And so when I came on board to help other athletes tell their stories, he was like, "Hey, you should do something like this. What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Well, I'd like to do a collaboration of people like myself who are athletes turned entrepreneurs to show that next generation of athletes coming up behind us, like." You don't have to be Magic Johnson. You don't have to be LeBron James. You can go to a school, you know, that a lot of people haven't even heard of like me and not even have played on the professional level and still do great things in the world. So that's that's another mission behind that book, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And talk about that relationship, mentor to mentee, right? So you have a mentor, you also have mentees. But when you have a mentor or when you have a mentee, you're able to stand back and see them in a different light or a different perspective. And many times you can see the talents, abilities, qualities, whatever they possess that they haven't even discovered yet. So talk about how your mentor has sold into you and taught you things about yourself that you didn't know. I'm fortunate to have a lot of great mentors, you know, 
But I mean, I, I really couldn't have summed it up better than you said it. It's like a mentor, any mentor that I have in my life is able to identify blind spots, things that I'm not seeing. And that's the great part about a mentor because someone has to choose you as their mentee. And in order for mm -hmm. someone to want to mentor you, that means they see a part of themselves or they see something in you that you do not see in yourself. And so just having someone who sees you as bigger than you are and can give you like practical tools to help you get there, that's priceless. I mean, I could go into it, but you know, the that's the best way to sum it up. But like business, how I am with people, um, how I treat myself, how I think, a lot of those things have been breakthroughs for me that came from mentors, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So man, you're doing awesome work. Number one, you're inspiring others to tell their own story, which, you know, everyone has a story, but everyone doesn't share their story. Most people probably don't share their story more so than those that do. So I think that the way that you're able to inspire others and coach others and teach them the process, you know, now that you've gone that path for books, now you're an expert, right? And now you can sit down and break down the game, just like breaking down film and the game slowed down now for you. You know, the, the tips, the tricks, the blind spots to be able to show other people how to become authors. So I think that's excellent. Thank Especially you, breaking the stigma that, you know, for black males, athletes, whoever, <laughs> that we don't read, right? Right. It's too black male. That's that's a great point. Black folks and athletes. Yep. That's another. Yeah. And you know what? I'm excited for the day when I could congratulate you on your first book. Because I know it's <laughs> yeah. coming. I know it's cooking over yeah. there. Right, right, right. My wife would be glad to hear you say that. You know. Yes, sir. All right. So on time out with the sports doctor, this is your final time out. So I'm gonna steal something from you and ask you, you know, to kind of explain your philosophy about transitioning, helping an athlete transition from the playing field to the workspace or being an entrepreneur or whatever. So I know that some of the things that you ask a person is number one, who am I now and what do I want to become? So explain that philosophy to us. Oh man, that's a great, I love that you picked that one. That's my favorite one. I look at it as um, myself included, a lot of athletes when we're done playing, that's the big question. Who am I now? What value do I have to bring to the world? And there's a sense of powerlessness that comes with that where you're just like, cause you're asking yourself, which you're asking other people, who am I without my support? And so focusing on who do you want to become instead of who am I now puts the power back into your hands and gives you creative control over your own life. And I always say like clarity has to be cultivated. So when you say, who do I want to become at that point, you're cultivating clarity. And the more you ask yourself that question, that's the question that we should all be asking ourselves every single day, no matter how successful we are is who do I want to become? Like I said, because that puts you in the driver's seat of your own life and, and helps you put yourself in the position that you ultimately want to be in. That's the best way I could explain that. Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. But man, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, tell the audience how they can follow you, how they can hear more about your books, how they can buy your books or be a, you know in your coaching program. Yeah, so first of all, I want to say, Dr. Burgess, thank you, sir. It's been great to have connected with you. I can't believe we were both at that conference in Atlanta and, and somehow yeah. walked right by each other. Yeah. It was a lot going on, but I'm honored right. to be on your show. Thank you for all that you do. I'm excited to keep building with you. This has been a lot of fun. Um, for those of you guys listening, you can tap in with me at tajdeshawn.com. Um, exactly how it's spelled on the screen or on the episode. All my links to my social media are on the website. You can get the books there. All the links to my podcast are there, no matter what podcast platform you listen on. Yeah, check out Thrive After Sports, the show. Check out the books. Everything you need is at tajdeshawn.com. I look forward to connecting with you.
Absolutely, absolutely. And I give you permission to continue to push me until I'm an author. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I got you. Right. I'm going to hit you up tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Say say two a day start ASAP, right? (laughs) All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, and we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episode. Until later. Peace. Stopping. You are now tuned in. Trust you don't want to miss. This is where life, sports, and medicine.